0: Hi everybody! Welcome to Semi Auto Magic Inc. It's another time here doing this again. Hi, I'm Dylan. Hi, Dylan. I'm Casey. You sound pretty loopy today. <laughs> Not in a good way, man. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Who else do we do we have over there?
1: Skyping in from the arid wastes of Palmdale. Uh, I'm Anthony. I'm tired because we've just been moving to the arid. wastes. I thought wastes you were
0: Anthony. Why are you oh. tired now too? Why do you have two names? Thanks, I, Dad. Yeah,
2: nice. There dad. Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm also tired from moving to the arid wastelands.
1: How are you? It's both be tired. Surly, surly episode, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get super into it. This is. Why I have been waiting someone for this with the same name as you? you. I have been waiting for this episode to happen for four
3: weeks now. Yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a long time coming and uh I for one am excited. So uh Thony, would you, as the excited one, care to recap for us the events of our last episode. Oh, by the way, you guys, this is our tenth episode. Woo! Ten
1: episode ten. in six months. Well, you know That's what? Dude? Best. We made it.
3: We got to we cracked double digits.
1: Yeah.
3: Have we cracked I, double digits of, of,
1: of uh listeners yet? I I I don't know, probably not. <laughs> okay.
0: Listen, slow and steady wins the race.
1: On Semiata Magic, Inc., our own Solomon Byron was driving his car down the highway when his little... What was it? What was the thing he grabbed from the garage? I believe it was the the thinger. The thinger. His thinger fell off and was picked up by a crow Said crow flew into a tree and instead of spending five seconds to get it, he let the, the, the fucking crow just go at it. And I think the crow mutated into a giant monster. I'm not 100% sure on that one though. Uh, he then went to the uh the Westfield Carter Hotel and was treated by how I can describe as either the lower class people of the Titanic or the Jews in Nazi Germany were treated, uh which yeah. is to say that uh they put him through an entire uh battery of of decontamination processes that were I, wholly unnecessary.
0: I, I do remember uh making a Zyklon B joke. At some you point sure did,
3: there. you sure did, and and Thony, let me just say, as someone who is both Irish and Jewish, I feel really conflicted about that <laughs> analogy, but not <laughs> not enough to contradict
1: it. Oh man, like like I I've been using this Jewish analogy for like not just for this, for a lot of different things recently. Yep. Uh, uh but that's not something appropriate to say on a, a podcast that maybe listen to my children, so I won't say it. Oh, that's a um, good idea. Children um, don't
0: listen to this show.
1: Children don't and should not listen no to, this to
2: this show. No one
1: listens to this show. Don't. I'm still not going to say it. Jackie's going to punch me if I if say it. If
3: you're a child and listening to this show,
1: stop. <laughs> like, go go watch Deadpool. Go <laughs> yes. Go watch Deadpool.
0: But of course, we only say this so that all the babies out there know how cool they are for listening. Exactly. Oh, cool little babies. <laughs> <laughs> like like 2-year-olds
1: listening to this like, oh man, this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. Exactly. And I listened to Mozart in my mother's womb.
2: <laughs> that's pretty real.
3: I wonder yeah. if any mothers have played podcasts for their babies in utero yet. Uh, they must. It, it, yeah, it's bound to have ha- just like statistically it has to have happened.
1: All right, so back to my recap. Yes. Uh, after after the humiliating decontamination process, uh that's actually the technical term. The humiliating decontamination process. It's in the Westfield-Carter handbook, and the White Council has approved it. Um, uh, Dylan was uh, brought before... Oh, crap. What's his name? Spanish dude. The most interesting man in the world? Yeah. What's his name? His name is Salvador Hernandez. Salvador Hernandez. Uh, And uh, while not expressly stated, it was very, very heavily implied that, (laughs) that... uh, Salvador Hernandez did this solely to to piss piss uh, Solomon off. What? Uh, that's at least what I got from it. Did, no, it did what to piss Solomon off? The humiliation, oh. the humiliating decontamination process. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I said it wasn't stated; it was heavily implied, at least to me. Imply, um, pony or implode. Uh, uh, <laughs> Solomon then indicated that that. Uh both uh Fiona and Rowan uh were um also in contact with whatever thing that they tried to decontaminate uh Solomon with and he sent and I'm using your words exactly, Casey, the the wizard Gestapo onto us uh and they are about to converge on us on the magic beam. And that is all from me remembering us recording and not actually listening to the episode. How well did I do? Um you oh, you, you did you did I mean editorial, you
3: know, commentary aside. I, I you did really well. Um my only note is that I think you guys are actually still at the Museum of Weird History.
1: Okay, well, the, he's sending them down to the the Magic Bean. We have not mm, gone to the Magic Bean yet.
3: No. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That's that's not true. Um, Solomon Solomon said that, that I remember specifically that uh, Salvador spoken to his into his Nokia brick cell phone and said uh, Museum of Weird History.
1: You sure, Jackie? You you listened to it?
2: Um, I think he might have sent to both because Dylan or er, Solomon did say um that we would either be at the Museum of at Weird one or
3: History the other. Okay, that's fair.
2: Magic bean.
3: Okay, so you guys are still at the museum. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Alright, very good. Then, um, as Solomon is tucked into his, uh, sanitized for his protection, comfy little cell for the night, his copy of the prince snuggled beneath his pillow like a, uh, like a satirical tooth waiting for a fairy, (laughs) um, we, we cut across town to Fiona and Rowan, at the uh, Museum of Weird History. So, you guys have just finished up uh, speaking to Xavier Tangleforth the Fifth, who has given you a brief history on the being known as Alto Zephyr, and uh, also on the history of Angus Highcastle, who
1: was the last known bearer of uh, of the ring that you guys were talking about. Uh, he gave me the copy. It's not mimeographed anymore. It was actually just a photograph. A it was photograph. just Xerox, yeah. yeah of the the sheet right the array yes and that sheet is available on our facebook and it certainly is is it available on the website too uh it's not on the website it
3: is on our facebook and our twitter the array is up there for all to enjoy and of the array i will say this it is completely accurate it can be translated and you the listeners have everything you need to do so awesome yep much like uh much like Dr. McNinja lives in an actual town in Maryland, and you uh, you have all the clues you need to figure out which one. Alright, so, um, it is drawn on towards evening, I believe it was evening in the first place, at the Museum of Weird History. You guys have exited the back room where uh, Xavier is going on about his weird curation. And, um, what do you guys do? The museum is still in full swing. It's one of those that's open late nights, and there's still exhibits that are open, there's a Dippin' Dots stand, there's all oh, kinds I of I want to
2: get Dippin' Dots! No,
1: we have to go back to the magic bean. I want Dippin' Dots! She wants Dippin' Dots, man. <laughs> do you go get Dippin' Dots?
2: Yes, I go get Dippin'
1: Dots. I... Pointedly wait and stare at her while she gets dip and dots. Okay. Even though I'm pretty sure we left the museum with her getting ice cream.
3: (laughs) So you, uh, you roll up to the, to the dip and dots stand and a, uh, a a tired but smiling and good natured woman behind the, uh, behind the stand greets you. Hello, I'm Sarah. What kind of dip and dots would you like? Banana split. Alright, I'll give you some banana split. And she uh she reaches down with her little scooperula and makes you up a banana split dealer. What size uh, banana split would you like? Biggest. I'll make okay, I'll biggest. So she gets you it's like it's like the size of like a like an Easter egg hunt bucket. <laughs> <laughs> she just she actually just pulls the bucket out of the holder, like like yeah. where this she would scoop from. Just puts it together and gives it to you. She's like, okay, that'll be eighteen twenty two.
2: Here you go.
3: Alright. Thank you. Enjoy your dip and dots, and she puts a little tiny spoon in there.
2: Yes. I... <laughs> okay, let's go. Back she, uh, okay, uh, she puts
3: uh, up a little sign that says "Gone on dots excursion."
1: <laughs> how uh, how far away is the magic bean from us?
3: Um, that's a good question. We always say like across town or something like that, but probably I don't know, fifteen twenty minutes. Uh,
1: walking or driving. So okay, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna get an Uber. And and Uber us down to to the Magic Beans. Oh, fair enough. What is it? How does one order an Uber? I have no experience with that. Uh, cell phone. Uh, use the app. Uh, the app. Um, I thought. Wait a
3: minute. I thought. Uh, I thought Rowan just had a flip phone. What? I thought Rowan just had like a burner flip
1: phone. No, I mean like I have a burner phone, but but. Like, I don't even think flip phones exist anymore. Like, alright, well, hey, like, nice. Salvador Hernandez has a Nokia, so I don't know. Well, I mean, like, my, my, it's, it is a, it is a smartphone. It is a burner smartphone. Like, the, 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 the power, power capabilities is less than the, the original iPhone. This okay, seems less important has.
0: than we're making it. <laughs>
1: all, right, all right, all right, all right. Really, and I can just say, I call Wizard, I call the Magic Uber, Uber. Magic Uber, because I'm pretty sure there's something like that in this town, too. Okay, sure. Magic Uber, you call Moober. You uh, your
2: what?
1: He, he, Magic Uber, he called Moober. Or,
3: Muber.
1: or or I'll give you a third option, I can just open a, uh, a rip into the Never Never and make us go through a passage to the Magic No, game. it's not
3: worth it, because you might come out on the other side, and it's been 400 years since when you went in or something. Exactly. It's, it's,
1: so, yeah, it's, it's either doing that's it. regular person Uber, Magic Uber, or... Exactly. Okay, fine, whatever. You ring up a Uber. I think
2: if the way to summon ma- uh, Magic Uber is you have to draw a really ugly picture of a cow on the sidewalk in chalk.
3: Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uber. Uber. <laughs> Okay, so you draw your ugly sidewalk (laughs) chalk. Yes! (laughs) And, uh, you two go back inside to wait for your Uber. Um, the patrons are milling about looking at all of the, all of the exhibits, and you hear a, uh, a voice go, Bing bong! Well, no, no, there's a noise that goes bing bong, you don't hear a voice that says bing bong! (laughs) Um... Who's your friend that saying that the museum will be closing at about fifteen minutes if the uh, patrons would please, you know, uh, finish up, make their way toward the exit, secure all their belongings. And uh, as this is going on and you're awaiting your mover, a well-dressed, scruffy looking young man is accompanied by a very professional looking young woman who enter the museum of weird history. Uh, they are scanning the joint. And pretty much simultaneously,
0: their eyes come to land on you guys. Are they played by Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny?
1: I mean, yes. Okay, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Do I notice them staring at me?
3: Um, that's a good question. What's what's Rowan
1: doing? Like, is he on the alert, or is he just waiting for his mover? I'm I'm like yeah, I'm like leaning against the Cthulhu exhibit, and I'm like kind of going through my phone, but I'm really just waiting for the Uber. She's sure. on Reddit. Yeah. Yes. yes. No, wizard magic Reddit.
3: Ma- magic Reddit. At All it. right. So they uh, they spot you simultaneously, and they very casually uh, begin to sidle up to you. Are the two of you sitting together?
2: Um, apart enough to convey our
1: dislike, dislike for each, for each other.
2: other, but close enough that, that we're clearly at least...
3: Okay, yeah. so you're, you're in the same place, like you're not across the room from each other. Okay, very good. Yeah. Okay, they, uh, they come up and, uh, the, the, the lady comes up and opens her, opens her jacket and pulls out a little, a little badge and she, she flashes it at you and it's a, it's a pretty nifty magical circle actually, just done up in a little, you know, badge wheel style. And she says, uh, excuse me, good evening, are you Rowan? Yes. Okay. Good evening. My name is Peroa Dalma, and I have been sent by the uh, Westfield Carter Hotel. We would very much like your cooperation. Your associate uh, Solomon Byron is in some trouble and would like your help explaining uh, the events of this afternoon.
1: What the fuck did you guys
3: do to him? She she looks at her partner, who does like a little a little shrugging. And she, she looks back to you. Uh, we didn't do anything, sir. We were just told to, to come and ask
1: if you would not mind, of course, obliging us with your presence. Uh, I, I do mind. I don't like going there and you guys have made it very clear that you do not like me. So why would I come with you? Uh, sir, any previous
3: altercation or, or animosity between our organizations is those are relegated to their own incidents right now uh there are larger issues at hand and warden byron really needs your help
1: uh, i i don't want to go with you guys just let him out why why is he why is he locked up
3: he has sensitive information and his role in the incidents of this afternoon has yet to be definitively established uh we are not holding him on suspicion, we are holding him until we can figure out what happened and what role he may have played.
2: That sounds like you're holding him on suspicion, to me.
3: Uh, the uh the dude at her at her side looks over at uh, at this at Fiona. He says, "So uh, I take it you'd be Fiona then?"
2: No, I'm shit.
1: <laughs> Start reading random exhibits and piecing your name together.
2: I am the Mighty Cthulhu!
1: Damn it, Fiona. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Alright, well, Mighty Cthulhu, um, we would appreciate your help in this, too.
1: Okay, listen, like, in my experience, innocent men don't get locked up. So, so either you guys aren't telling us the whole truth, or there's there's something a lot more going on than, than you're your, uh, giving out. The dude starts to get really frustrated, and you can see his body
3: language is getting kind of aggressive, but, uh, but Perua kind of puts, she she kind of, like, backhands his chest just a little bit. Not, like, aggressively or anything, she just No, I, for... I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. She She's does like... a scully. Exactly, she does a scully, sure. Yeah, she scullies him. Um, which can mean either calming me an aggressive partner or being a dick because the thing isn't science. <laughs> um, and now I forget what we were reacting to. Um, oh yeah, she says, um that we are telling you the whole of what we have been told. We don't know the whole story. We were just told to come here and politely request your assistance in this matter. Neither of you have, to the best of our knowledge, been implicated. We only need someone who was there and knows what happened, and you two were eyewitnesses. You two are the best chance to get Warden Byron uh, released. Because his own testimony is pretty damning, apparently.
1: Fiona, hey, what do you think we
3: should do?
2: What are your orders if we refuse?
3: They they look at each other. Um, she she just kind of looks off a little bit, embarrassedly, and he he kind of looks down and mumbles into his chest. Well, we have to we have to we have to call our boss. <laughs> okay. Well, call
1: your boss
2: then.
1: God damn! It. I don't want. Look, can't you guys just be cool? Yeah, we are cool. You guys are the ones who who barged in here, telling us we need to go to the place that I have refused to go to ever. Excuse me, Excuse me. barged, barged. Yeah, uh, barged. He, B- he reaches, he reaches
3: a- into his jacket.
2: George.
3: He reaches into his jacket and pulls out a uh, and pulls out like a like a pamphlet and a ticket stub. We are patrons. <laughs> we paid to get into this museum. We did not barge
1: museum closed closes in 15 minutes what the hell are you supposed to do in 15 minutes and i was hoping to see the exhibit on the nazca
3: lines before we left but that isn't looking very likely yep she uh (laughs) Perua does a does a little swirly fingers to the forehead (laughs) and she says look i understand your hesitance i understand that we came out of nowhere and you haven't seen your buddy all day but you know as well as we do that the White Council is just interested in order and getting the facts. We just want to know what happened. There is bad stuff going on, and we want to contain as much of it as possible and you guys know stuff, so please we're asking you politely, just come and help us all right oh thank you she uh she turns to her partner and says, "See, I told you, just be nice. I was nice, okay, all right, all right, whatever <laughs> so." Do you guys do you guys have all your have all your stuff? Are you guys ready to go? Ready to leave? Yep. Wait. Okay. What's up?
2: You have to buy me another dip and dots.
3: Oh my god. Groan. <laughs> <laughs> he just yells groan?
2: I am going to start doing that.
3: <laughs> and they they look at each other uh, and she says audible sigh. <laughs> they look at each other and they 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 just kind of give each other that look where they're both waiting for the other one to say something first, and she's like, "Well, I paid for the tickets, yeah, okay, fine, God on <laughs> <laughs> so he um he 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 walks over to where Fiona is, and he he very angrily huffily uh lifts his arm for her to take like in a gentlemanly way, but he's mad about it.
2: <laughs> I graciously and femininely accept.
3: Very good. He, he really huffily marches you over to the, uh, to the dip and dot stand where Sarah has just returned from her dot excursion. What kind of dip and dots do you want? Give me all the dip and dots! <laughs> and Sarah gives you all the dip and dots. Meanwhile, um, yes. Peroa per- is hanging out with Rowan. It's like, is, uh, is she always like this?
1: Um, uh, this is her being tame. Her last wow. name is Quirk, so. <laughs> I'm pretty They're sure shut she. Up
2: Solomon, you're guys, not here.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure she she named herself, gave herself her last name.
2: Well, yeah, I'm Faye. I'm not going to give you guys my real last name.
1: Oh shit! Plot development. Plot development.
3: Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so you guys come back over with with all of your dip and dots and uh, wrangle up and prepare. When suddenly the uh, the lights begin to dim. Uh, not in a kind of docent way, like they're warning you that the museum is about to close, but as if something is going wrong with the power. Oh, good. Yeah. A, uh, a strange... Shut up, Solomon! You're not there! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. A, uh, a cold vibration begins to suffuse the air, and a strange, uh, intermittent but rhythmic thrumming sound uh, can be heard... It sounds like it's actually coming from outside the museum. Um, and an enormous shadow passes over the skylight, casting darkness over the paper mache Cthulhu head and you guys as well. It's I... Cthulhu! <laughs> Cthulhu does not appreciate this artistic representation.
1: <laughs> um, do Do I sense any, like, magical presence...
3: Um, well, tell me about Rowan's Rowan's Fae senses. Like, do you just have, like, an active finger up where you can feel stuff, or do you have to extend your ability to sense things?
1: Well, I feel like it's not, like, it's not, like, the sight. Right. Because, like, that's very much a... a uh,
3: an activated you know, thing.
1: Activated thing. I, I feel like, like, I'm, you know, I'm not extremely in tune with... The, my magical surroundings okay um, and and when I'm in nature uh you know because I have my one with nature thing you know I'm more in tuned but I feel like if there is a big magical presence near me uh and I don't know if this is big enough for me to sense anything I'm you don't
3: gonna... even know if it's magical it could just be a giant gorilla
1: yeah. Well, it's not a giant gorilla.
3: Yes, you begin to feel a cold, encroaching, magical presence coming from whatever is casting the shadow. And uh, at that moment, the skylight explodes inward, and a giant dark shape lands atop the paper mache Cthulhu head. Uh, the lights are flickering violently now, struggling to stay on. But you can see, and indeed hear... That it resembles nothing so much as a truly enormous, horrible crow.
2: I throw my Dippin' Dots at it.
3: Wow! <laughs> it's lactose intolerant. You win. Yes! Yes! Another victory for Dippin' Dots.
2: <laughs> Dippin'
3: Dots is not our sponsor this week, but if they'd like to be...
2: <laughs> Dippin' Dots is bankrupt. They ain't sponsoring nobody. I don't know. Um... I have...
1: Go ahead. Uh, is it just sitting there? Is it like... Coming towards us like it has how perched, big is
3: it? It has perched atop the paper mache Cthulhu head. It's really friggin' big. I would say that its wingspan is probably about twenty, twenty-five feet. Okay. So this is yeah, like it's
1: it's not, in, not yeah. even like big for a crow big. This is like big for a person big.
3: Exactly. This is it, this is disregard the cube square law big. Yeah. Okay. Um so it's huge. It appears to have grown at least one extra set of wings uh, beneath its primary wings. Its beak is savage and serrated, and has somehow turned sideways on its face, so it uh, resembles nothing so much now as a giant like claw, like a big like a big old pincer guy, like lobsters have. And uh, it has sprouted eyes all over its face. Ew it it looks it looks about with uh, a neck that appears to have joints and uh spots you guys it does one of those quirky you know head head things that that birds do yeah and you just hear a
2: ew
1: i turn to who's the lady next to me her name is Piroa Piroa i turn to Piroa is it just me or did that crow just laugh at us
3: Yeah, that crow definitely laughed at us. Uh, Wake, you wanna call for backup? Her partner is already reaching into his, uh, into his pocket for his, for his phone to call for backup. Uh, meanwhile, she has pulled a, um, what appears to be a greenish silver metal chain, uh, from out of her pocket. It's probably about three feet long and it's very fine. Uh, and she just lets it kind of dangle down at her side and starts to swirl it around a little bit. You know how you can, you know how you can take like a heavy piece of string or a chain and kind of swirl it such that the centrifugal force makes it do like an hourglass shape? Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of doing that and just starting to build up a little bit of rhythm with it. Um, her partner is muttering frantic instructions into his phone.
1: I take out my gun.
3: Very good. You
1: have one gun. This is my pistol.
3: Um, okay,
1: what's its I name? Do, uh, th- its name is Natasha. Nice. <laughs> and I've had that name of my gun for quite a while, so I'm glad someone finally asked me. Oh yeah, what, what my gun is. Fiona, what are you doing? Fiona?
2: Have I had, have I canonically thrown my dipping dots at it?
3: Yes, that is canon. Okay. Whether it was your first or second batch, I don't know. Um, all right, I
1: wanna
2: no. Um, I believe, and Casey, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe um, when I first set out on this day, I brought with me a pair of um, paper folding fans as my mm-hmm. weapon.
3: Yes, you did, because you're uh, a wing I, fan, absolutely.
2: I'd take those out and uh, shift into a fighting stance.
3: Nice. Start to court the breeze. Yes. All right very good. Um it sees you preparing your your various uh means of defying its will and with an almost arrogant glee in its many many eyes and its big old stupid crow face it does that <laughs> laugh again. And it it, it grips it grips its grippers, its claws, tighter into the papier-mâché Cthulhu head. And it extends its wings and just buffets them forward a little bit, such that it causes the entire head to swing backwards. And then it does it again in the opposite direction with its wings. So it's swinging the head back and forth with an ever-increasing arc. Yeah. Yeah, and what it's about to do is, is the nothing because you rolled all negatives. Let's find out, man. I don't know. This this crow could be about to cuss up big time. Um it's not a great roll. Let's see here. The crow is about to all right, at the extent of the swing for the papier-mâché head in you guys' direction, it's going to lash out with its wings and sever the cables holding the head to the ceiling so that the head is going to come flying at you guys. It's papier-mâché, though, right? Well, yeah, but it's also, like, 30 feet across.
2: <laughs>
3: okay. Um, so it is going to try to do this uh, in a forceful fashion and it's not going to do very well um yeah it rolled all told a negative 1 so uh it successfully severs the the cables holding it but the cthulhu head hits the wall behind you guys and falls down knocking you know precious artworks and priceless artifacts uh down to be smashed and the the, the cthulhu head is behind you causing a ruckus and knocking stuff down but you aren't hit or anything um it it curses at itself in crow
1: <laughs>
2: ah. I was about to ask and what does that sound like ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
3: <laughs> All right it uh it begins to to swoop around in an attempt to gain speed um meanwhile uh peroa has built up kind of a thrumming resonance with her, with her silver green chain, and it's actually begun to glow a little bit. And, uh, very gracefully in heels as well, she steps forward with her right foot, uh, swings her left foot back and uses that body momentum to bring her right arm forward and sort of whip her chain at the, uh, at the crow beast thinger. And she doesn't let go of the chain, but it appears that in this time it has been accumulating energy. And when she when she snaps her wrist, the accumulated energy goes just zinging at the crow in a in a big silver green arc of energy. It's pretty cool. And da 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 da. That doesn't work even a little bit. Um, so her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she accidentally carves a, uh, big crescent moon shape into the wall of the Museum of Weird History, and the energy goes shooting off into the night, possibly to, uh, bring down a satellite that's hovering harmlessly in space.
1: Yay! Yeah. Sputnik,
3: Oh. No. What's Sputnik? <laughs> what are you up to, Rowan?
1: Alright, so, uh, I want to try to shoot it, uh... At the point of its wing that's connected to its shoulder. Oh, at the joint. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um. And which wing do you want to do? It's got four of them, at least.
1: Uh, top left.
3: Top left. It's left. It's left. It's left.
1: Okay, very good. How are you going to do this? Uh, I, I want to do it carefully. Okay. Uh, I I I, I kind of close my eyes. I take a deep breath. I, I point my gun. I'm not going to like you know quick shoot it. No. Hopefully I I I am not like the bird's flying around it hasn't like actively tried to attack us right I'm not
3: Not I, yet no it's uh it's winding around and appears to be building up speed The Museum yeah. of Weird History has this big huge beautiful like main chamber lobby place
1: so there's plenty of room Yeah Okay so so I I I take my time well at least as much time as I can Right and I try to shoot it in the joints Totally fair okay make your roll buddy Okay, give me one second. Roll them. Uh, two. No, uh, five. Five? It's, okay. It's, it's, uh, two plus three,
3: so five. Sure, five. Yeah, that's a good roll. Alright, and it is going to try to, um, quickly dodge, because that's what it's good at. And. Hmm. bum. bum, bum, bum. And that meets he pulls off a five as well. So uh what I am going to say is that you you do ping him, you uh you get him real good, but that it just throws off his flight plan, like it does it doesn't blow his wing off or whatever it is you were trying to do. Uh I but wasn't he trying
1: is to blow its wing off, I I really like was just trying to inhibit one of its wings enough to kind of We'll do exactly what happened. Okay. So I'm very happy with what happened. Yay, Rowan wins.
3: Also, uh, I would like to beg the forgiveness of both you guys and the listeners. This is our first real fight, so I'm not exactly yeah. sure what I'm doing. It's exciting. But I'm trying to make it work. Alright, um, so yes, it takes the bullet to the wingle and you hear a horrifying ah! and it's uh it's its beak clashes and gnashes and grabs a random bust off the wall and throws it to the floor in disgust. And, uh, it, it continues to, to try to, to try to flap along with its broken wing and it's, it's doing very poorly and losing altitude quickly. Fiona, what are you up to?
2: I am, um, using my fans to prepare a blast of wind. Um, I think I'm going to use quick. Okay. And I'm going to kind of fashion the wind into almost like a knife. Ooh. And aim for the exact spot where Sure. Where where the bird was hit.
3: Exactly, hit it in the tender spot. All right, go for it.
2: Give
3: us one second. Roll roll
2: yeah.
3: roll. Uh, 3. Okay, and it is going to try to quick away from that naturally. And it is going to fail real bad. Um man, this crow's having a hard time. So <laughs> absolutely uh your your air blade uh buffets the joint, and God bless that poor crow uh unfortunately, it had angled itself in just the wrong way, and the the edge of your wind blade hits it in such a way that the joint just buckles completely backwards yes ooh yeah. It's a horrible crunching sound, hollow bones collapsing on themselves, joints grinding like they're full of broken glass, suffuses the air, and uh, another horrible screech... (laughs) ...fills the air. (laughs) Um, Take that,
2: Scully! (laughs)
3: Exactly. Um, The the crow looks down at you with with fear and hatred and disgust, but... As it's looking at you, uh, Rowan, you in particular notice that its eyes drift and lock a little ways precisely behind you. And you notice, you, you remember that this is exactly, not remember, you guys were just in there. Uh, it has noticed the door leading back to, uh, Xavier's artifact room. And I, it suddenly seems very intent on getting there.
1: I... I guess it's not my turn. Am I able to do something right now or? Uh,
3: no. Okay. You do notice that. That was a freebie. Noticing is a free action. Also, there is a cat trapped in this room and I didn't realize that. I'm sorry, Cooper. All right. Um so Perua's uh partner, who you guys still don't know what his name is, uh he has completed his backup phone call and he reaches into his other jacket pocket and pulls out a pair of uh what look like knuckle dusters or or brass knuckles. And they are uh they're really bulky and the knuckle plates are inscribed with um some some sort of symbols that you guys don't really really get a good look at. Is this man and, gonna
0: Alex Louise Armstrong this bird?
3: He might <laughs> <laughs> And he and he he's real excited. He's getting his like, yeah, alright, we're gonna do this. Yeah, got my got my knuckle dusters, it's good. And he and he he claps them together like clang clang. Alright. And then he's super excited, and then he seems to realize that he is on the ground and the bird is way up in the air. <laughs> well damn it, I don't I he just reaches over and grabs a chair and flings it at the bird as hard as he possibly can. <laughs> sure. And he's gonna do that forcefully. And, let's see, that's a plus two, to forceful. Alright, so he does that at two, and the bird is gonna dodge. Oh man, this bird is having such a hard time, and now it's getting hit in the head by a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, this, it got, it gets knocked in the head with this really pretty wooden chair, like, bah! <laughs> and, uh, so badly that the chair gets stuck on its horrible serrated beak.
0: Oh no! So now it
3: can't even close its beak properly. It's terrible. All right. Um and now I think we are back to the crow. So he is actually going to let's see I think he has a power, doesn't he? Buh, 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 buh. Yes. So he is going to bank sharply with his uh with his remaining left-hand wing and sort of dive bomb over you guys and he is going to attempt to uh just, just smack you guys with the blade side of his wing, much like, uh, like swans do. He's going to attempt to catch you on his way down, and he only gets uh, one plus to that, so that doesn't uh, work out very nicely. Um, you guys can each give me a a defense roll of whatever kind you like.
1: Uh, Dodge. Uh, no, it's from our approaches, right? Yeah. So
3: he's only got he's only got a a, a plus one to his uh, to his quick on that.
1: Jackie's so gonna pull her to quick.
3: Okay, and what are you gonna do, Jackie?
1: She has a plus three. She got a three for for quick.
3: All right, and what's she doing? Just dodging.
2: Um, <laughs> you just I'm gonna tuck and roll.
1: Okay, cool. And Rowan, I want to do something. Oh okay. yeah, what up? Uh, I I have a plus two in clever. Sure do, playa. He's swooping down right now, right? Yes, and he's going to attempt to possibly cut you in half with his wing. I I want to kind of roll out of the way and jump onto him. Is there like like okay? So the Cthulhu head? How close is the Cthulhu head to me? Is the Cthulhu head to me?
3: Um, I'm picturing it being behind you guys, like okay. that it hit the wall behind you and slid down.
1: And, and like, were the wires still attached to it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to kind of. Grab the wire uh, while he's like swooping down. Pull it up. and like as he swoops down, jump on top of him and kind mm-hmm. of put the wire around his neck. Not to choke him, but almost kind of like uh, just right.
3: lasso him.
2: He's a horsey. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's giant. Lasso, like, it's, it's not even like a lasso. It's like picture the wire is like a U in my hand. Right. And it's just like kind of going around his neck.
3: Okay. Very good. Um that's going to cost you a fate point which I think we can agree is fair and tell me with what approach you intend to do this.
1: Uh I want to do uh I want to say it's either clever or careful um probably clever. Okay. Right? Yeah, okay. sure. Okay. So I'm going to do clever. I just have to beat a 1, right? Yes you do. Which I mean could not happen. No, I okay, it very well could.
3: Two. Two. Okay. <laughs> God, that was stressful. Okay, fantastic, yes. Um, so the the crow sweeps in and um and actually cocks his wing back as if he's going to sweep forward and try and just cut you dudes in half for all the trouble you've caused him. He just wanted a nice trip to the museum and maybe yeah. to get some dipping dots. And uh and Rowan got some dippin' dots. He did, but it wasn't the flavor he wanted. It, it was, was all
1: the flavor. flavors.
3: I know, he wanted one flavor and he got all of them. Alright, so he swoops in, and, uh, Rowan, you, um, if I may, if, if, if I may, uh, cinematize this, you, I'm gonna say, uh, hop over his, hop over his wing up onto the Cthulhu head, grab the, uh, the wire, spring back onto his back, and wrangle his head in a, in a very primitive wire lasso. Now, the thing about this is that he is much bigger and much stronger than you, so, you're not going to be able to, like, free willy this, but um, I will say that it prevents him from uh, completing his swoop arc and causes him to come crashing to the museum floor, um, just cascading through various exhibits, broken glass, artifacts, pottery everywhere. He's having a real bad time.
1: So he's on the ground, though.
3: Yeah, he's on the ground and furious. His, uh, three remaining functioning wings, his, his horrible nine clawed feet, his snapping beak, uh, just shearing things in half. Which is, I mean, this museum has a very, very, very good insurance policy, as I'm certain you guys can imagine. But still. Um, so, yes, that was a very successful role, Tony. Well done. Thank
1: you.
3: Meanwhile, we're gonna take a brief cut. Uh, Solomon, in the middle of his snoozles. Mm-hmm is awakened by a hand uh <sighs> shaking him shaking him on the shoulder.
0: What's <sighs> Byron? What's Byron
3: wake up? What you uh you you wake up and you blearily recognize the young man who had introduced himself to you as Orion. Hey buddy, what's up? Hey, you're needed. Come on, right now.
0: Oh, uh, all right. What? Okay. Here, cool. Here he uh
3: he he shoves all of your clothes which have been uh very nicely cleaned and pressed he just shoves them in a bundle into your into your uh into your face put these on get dressed
0: i very quickly get dressed
3: okay we sent two of our best agents out to uh not not coerce. What's the nice word? Convince your friends to come and testify on your behalf, and I don't have details at the moment. All I heard was giant goddamn crow, and something <laughs> is going very wrong. So we need to get you to the Museum of Weird History right now. Motherfucker, alright. Yeah, our thoughts precisely.
0: <laughs> um, okay. He, do, uh, he, he hands you... Did, no, wait, you didn't have your staff, did you? Um, I don't know if I did. No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, do we have, right. do we have, like, five minutes for me to run upstairs real quick? I, why, what do you need, what is it? Uh, well, I've got this real fancy sword, will probably oh, help.
3: Cool. and the rule of cool demands that I abide. Yes, okay, go get your
0: sword. Great. The
2: rule of
0: cool. I run upstairs yeah. and, and grab my warden's sword out of my locker.
3: <laughs> if only your locker combination wasn't 70 digits
0: long. Right? Yeah, um... And I have to put it in very methodically because the the lock is temperamental um exactly, uh, and then I come back down,
3: <laughs> okay, Orion is standing there. okay, fine, are you good? Are you ready? Are you yeah, good let's let's go all right, right this way, and he uh he leads you down a hallway that you have never been down previously, and he says, so you know how you were the first one to try out the hitchhiker? <laughs> yeah yeah, okay, um you want to be the first to try another thing? All right, this yeah, can't so thing, yeah, terribly. that's it's gonna happen anyway. Okay. He, uh, he comes to a door that's marked with all kinds of things, like, super restricted, this means you, <laughs> don't even think about it, all uh-huh. that stuff. Um, and he, the, the, the door actually has an enormous dial of, it looks like a clock face, except if a clock face had symbols instead of numbers, and there were 24 positions instead of 12, all right. and he... He reaches forward and touches a very specific but very quick combination of them. It's probably like eight or nine, uh, characters long. And the, the door just goes whoosh, And it's, it's metal and it's bolted into the wall and it, it begins to recede and slide into the wall a little bit. And he says, Hey, okay, so what it, is this thing? So you know how science and magic traditionally don't go together very well? Yeah. Yeah, we've been trying to fix that, and we've come up with something that we think is pretty cool. Emphasis on the think. So we think this might be able to get you across town to the Museum of Weird History.
1: Uh Magic Uber
0: Magic <laughs> and uh... So Alright. Just walk into it
3: yeah he and well no he he hustles you into the room and in the room it's a very uh very clean, bright white lab there's you know white tile everywhere it's very well lit fluorescence and there's there's chalkboards and uh and then lab stuff everywhere and in the middle of the room is what you clearly recognize as a um as a magic circle only like if a computer programmer or an engineer had drawn it instead of a wizard.
0: Okay, so there's just like big industrial buttons
3: that exactly. have one
0: function and it's very clearly labeled. Absolutely. Yeah. So,
3: yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's just a, somebody put a post it on it that says, the go there circle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> All
3: right, we've been working on this for a long time. We have very high hopes and ordinarily we wouldn't risk something so extremely, mostly very completely untested. Uh, but that museum is full of people who are very swiftly going to be either eaten or made explicitly aware that the magical world exists. So, you get it.
0: Yep. Alright.
3: Yeah. Okay, so hop on in, and we'll send you over there as best we can. Hopefully all of you.
0: Yeah, let's, let's try it. I step into the circle and I say, alright, light this candle.
3: Cool. Light the candle, boys! They light a
0: candle. (laughs) Alright
3: they uh the technicians behind behind the panel uh crack crack his fingers like like beethoven of old and just uh just goes to town on a on a panel of switches and and dials and knobs and buttons it's like he's playing space team it's fantastic and he says um and he's for some reason he's in a hazmat suit not sure why all and right. he leans forward and says all right Wharton byron um you're going to feel a slight lemony sensation what does that mean <laughs> The, uh, the circle closes before he can fly. <laughs> oh and no. You feel, the, you feel the magical barrier arise. And indeed, you do feel a lemony fresh sensation, ah. uh, suffusing your very being. It's as if you're a well cared for ottoman. It's fantastic. <laughs> There's a, a, um, a, a scent of pine salt pervading the air. Exactly. Uh, the world starts to get real wiggly and it's not like you just pop from one place to another. It's more like little pieces of the place you are in now are very quickly, but very subtly being switched out for pieces of the places you're going. Uh. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it's hard to notice it happening, but if you were to just like stare straight forward, you would see like almost like, uh, like a pixel transition from one
0: image to another. Awesome. Yeah it's It's pretty great, so um, that starts to happen. Go ahead while this is all happening. I draw the the warden's sword and just sort of stand there. sure, tell me about this sword um so it's modeled after um like an old English broadsword yeah, um, but obviously like not that big it's a it's a one handed thing so i guess it's I guess it's modeled after a long sword.
3: it's it's an Einhander. All right. Yes.
0: Um, and it's, um, it's just very, like, there are no noticeable marks on the blade, Mm -hmm. and the hilt is, is wrapped in cloth, obscuring, um, a a bunch of runic sigilia on the underside. Ooh, fantastic. Maybe those will come into play. Who knows? Who knows?
3: Alright, so the pixel transition from one place to another is uh, very nearly complete, and uh, Rowan and Fiona... Fiona, you have just seen Rowan um, pretty... I think heroic is probably the right word. Pretty heroically uh, wrangle a giant dire crow or
0: deep crow or whatever this thing is. Heroic uh, isn't one of the approaches.
3: No, it's not. Sad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I am bad at this game, you guys. <laughs> Um, and, and drag it to the ground. And, uh, suddenly a Solomon just sort of like transporter beams in next to you. <laughs> um, where'd you come from? Ah, she said the thing. <laughs> you puke all over her shoes.
0: <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a rough she science. Says, yeah. <laughs> Why does my puke taste like lemons? No. This is unfortunate. Solomon, did you have a favorite eye?
3: I did. Which one? (laughs) The right one. Okay, they kinda they may have
0: switched places. Well, that's gonna play hell with some depth perception. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) In fact, I'm Uh, I'm really i I'm really tempted to
3: make it like so your vision is a picture cut in half with the halves switched in the wrong direction. Oh god. Oh god.
0: I can't do that to you.
3: Okay, so you are in uh you're in the midst of what I think we can safely call chaos. Yep. Yeah. Um Fiona uh Solomon has just appeared at your side, Andy, it is your turn. What's up?
2: Uh where where's the crow at this point? Is he the, on the ground?
3: Yes, the crow has been driven to the ground. It um it's not going to be there for long because Rowan weighs much less than it does, and so does the paper mache Cthulhu head. So it's kind of struggling to its feet.
2: Um I'm going to jump on top of him but um as i'm coming down i'm going to use both the fans to whip up the wind and like smash him back down
3: ooh fantastic the old one 2
2: yeah
3: cool and how are you what uh, what's your approach on that uh, forceful yeah cuz i mean you you've got the time <laughs>
1: yeah okay go for it All right.
3: this may not turn
1: out good she only has a plus one and a
3: yeah, that's that's not nothing. Two. Yeah, there you go. And the uh crow can't do very much because it's, you know, on the ground and all discombobulated, but it's going to try to resist that as best it can. And it only got a one, so yeah, that works out completely. You um you then uppercut and down smash the crow. Um pretty forcefully shock waves uh coming both up and down from your from your fan blasts as it shatters the tile with its enormous skull and beak um out of sheer spite it it lunges forward afterward and uh grabs a passers and just begins to chew it,
2: oh great, <laughs> oh God, oh god no oh god i just I just wanted to learn about weird history, oh God, no <laughs>
0: Ah! Horrible ah! murder. <laughs> Was that a crow joke? I don't know. Was it? You tell me. <laughs>
3: yeah. And um, and the uh the the male agent to whom you were never introduced uh sees the moment he's been waiting for. He sees his chance. He yells out, "Finally, I get to punch something!" And he. Uh, He lunges forward and wall kicks off the papier-mâché Cthulhu head and just, just super straight up down punches the crow in its stupid head. And he's going to only get a plus one to that, but it's more than he needs because the crow is tied up. Uh, nope actually the crow dodges just in time (laughs) and um he lands sort of in the little shattered tile crater that the crow's head made after fiona's attack and just (laughs) creates another like three foot hole in the ground that he is now at the bottom of i I look at him and i
1: say you're not very good at your job neither
2: of these guys are good at their job you guys suck
1: hey that's mean
2: (laughs) but not wrong I didn't say you were wrong.
3: <laughs> Alright. Um, at this point the uh the crow has shaken itself free of the restraint that Rowan has wrapped around its horrible greasy feathered neck and uh is actually gonna try to attempt to buck uh Rowan off its back because it doesn't appreciate being ridden like a big dark horsey. It is the night. Let's see. Um alright Rowan, that is going to be a plus three forceful. It's it's gonna just straight up try and buck you off. So however you wanna try and defend against or mitigate that, it's all you biggin.
1: Um I I don't know. Uh careful? Sure. I'm gonna like be careful and try to keep my footing uh straight or whatever. Yeah, and try to like try to like ride the wave instead of fighting. Yeah. Like 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 freaking uh uh, mechanical ball. Sure. A bull okay. named Manchu. <laughs> I rolled <would've won. laughs> oh, a one. No, buddy. Plus three. We got two zeros and two negatives. Okay.
3: Then yeah, uh, that's not going to work. You go flying and you, um, you crash bodily into an exhibit, uh, about the Knights Templar. And uh, you're you're lost for a moment in a in a scramble of of armor and uh, and swords and
0: Dan Brown novels. <laughs> okay, uh, Solomon, it is your go, friend. All right. Um, I so I assume in the thrashing and um uh, getting hit in the face with a chair, there are now feathers just everywhere.
3: Oh, just absolutely everywhere. Yeah, the crow has actually, for the record, it's it's kind of righted itself at this point. Okay. It's not. It's not fully back in action yet, but it's not prone or
0: splayed anymore. But yeah, feathers just everywhere of every shape and size. All right. Um, I would like to um, take one of the feathers
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, create within the wizardy construct of my mind a link between that feather and the creature itself.
3: Oh, absolutely. Thaumaturgy for the win.
0: Yeah. Um, and I would like to light this feather on fire. <laughs> oh, God. With what? Uh magic.
3: Oh, alright. Just 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 in it up.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what's your approach on that? Uh I'm gonna say that's gonna be a a forceful thing, I guess. Oh, like you're just straight up just like boom. Yeah, no, this this bird just is just gonna your magic power. Just yeah. okay. Yeah, cool, go for it. Uh so that's a minus one.
3: Okay, well, I mean, the, uh, the crow does not have a great forceful either, and that's how it's gonna try to do this, so let's see. Better than yours! Yep. Um, it got a plus one. So, yeah, it, with its newly heightened magical senses, it feels the surge of sympathetic energy between, uh, the feather and itself. And when it feels you attempting to just jam magic straight up its, uh, spiritual craw, it, <laughs> Uh, resists. Uh, there is uh, an enormous, like backdraft, short circuit thing, and the feather explodes in your hand. Yikes! Yeah. Um. You are. You're kind of. You're kind of burned. Not. Not like on fire or like third degree or anything, but it, it definitely exploded in your face. So you're. You're flat on your back. Okay. Yeah. Uh. The crow sort of shambles to its feet. And makes its way very clumsily, but powerfully over to the door where Rowan, uh, has his little, not Rowan, I'm sorry, forgive me, where Xavier always takes Rowan and Fiona and has all his, uh, his, his wet bar equipment and all of his magical artifacts. And it reaches forward with its horrible claw beak and just rips the door off its hinges and just as it's about to jam its head into this room that is stuffed to the gills with magical paraphernalia, um it, the, the, the air is filled with the crack of a shotgun blast. It is driven backwards, uh, its face is on white fire, as if being burned by some holy power. It scrambles backwards, uh, shrieking and attempting to, to, to buffet out the fire on its face. <laughs> And uh, can I start
2: fanning the fire to keep it going?
3: Absolutely, you can. Yes, absolutely. That's a free action. Go for I it. Knew that. And uh, from out of his from out of his den strides Xavier the Tangleforth the fifth. Uh, in one hand, a smoking long barrel shotgun with the name Cecilia inscribed <laughs> on the uh, on the barrel. And, in the other hand, leaning up against yes. his uh my heart. exactly or or a crow's face is the case maybe, and in his other hand uh resting on his shoulder uh, a long sword not dissimilar to Solomon's uh upon the blade of which is inscribed "Save the queen <laughs> and he he strides forward uh the smoking barrel of the shotgun in his hand, and he says, "This exhibit." is closed. <laughs> and that is where we're gonna call it for the week. Yes. That's pretty good. I, I was real happy with that. That's pretty good. You Xavier's a badass. Alright, you guys. Thanks for beating up a giant crow with me. Thank you for giving us a giant crow to beat up. Yeah, I'm gonna admit, like, I was... and I. I, I I feel like I do a lot of like half-hearted.
2: You guys, I don't think I'm good at this. Tell me I'm good at this. Meh.
3: But I, I mean, like honestly, I was really worried about combat stuff because I don't really know how it works and it's not you know kind of what this is geared toward. But you guys took to it like 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 crows in horrible wind, and I'm so proud of you all. <laughs> what
1: I what I love about this is 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 like unlike other role playing games I've played, I really have like. Access to the environment around me. Yeah. That I don't have access to when I'm playing like d or something. Like exactly. That. Just do stuff. I don't care. It's awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You guys are all super cool and we managed to reunite the party, which I think is great. And something literally blew up in Solomon's face. Yep. Which, uh, yeah. Which, I mean, is really. Metaphor for a little while. Yeah. That's <laughs> I not... mean,
1: I mean,. I mean, this entire episode was things blowing up in and Solomon's face. I couldn't possibly comment. This whole
0: saga, really. Yep.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean I mean, we're fighting a giant crow that for all intents and purposes was created by you,
0: Solomon. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. it's not my fault. Y'all were the ones calling Alto Zephyr's name. We didn't know. Like we didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Neither did I Uh, anyway thank you for listening folks
3: yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, we are on Twitter at SemiAuto Magi. We are on Facebook. You can email us your your questions, concerns, thoughts, or corrections on how giant crow mutations work at semi automagicpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. We'd love to be able to do a mailbag episode if you guys have questions about stuff. Um and until then, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for sticking with us uh through our tenth episode. This is a big deal for us. We've worked really hard to make this happen. And um just the fact that we got here means a lot more with the support and love of all the people who have been super cool about the show and make us feel good for doing Hopefully
1: it. Hopefully we're back on semi-regular recording schedule again. Uh Yeah. Yeah, recording and
3: releasing stuff is a slippery beast, and um, I think I can speak for us all when I say that that Dylan handles the task with as much aplomb as possible, given the source material. Yep. Yeah. So, Thony, Jackie, Madillon, thank
0: you guys for
3: playing a game with me.
0: Thank you for um, hosting a game. This yeah. was awesome.
3: And thank you guys for listening. Let's find out what happens next time on semi Magic Inc.,